morning, Calvary Bible Church. Um, I just wanted to come up to speak for about 30 seconds to a minute before we run the news, just to let um, the body of Christ here know about IGTV, which is a, it's going to be explained, but just quickly, it's an initiative by the youth ministry and the media ministry of this church. We're running now to not only bring Calvary up to news or to keep your teens informed, but to start to include youth groups of other churches to start to create unity in the body of Christ because through studying the word, a group of us realized that really the only way to, one of the only ways to progress the body of Christ is to create unity. And currently there is not much of that. So just stay tuned and watch the clip. Thanks. Calvary Bible Church and welcome to IGTV. IGTV is an ongoing project the youth of Calvary has taken on to not only provide an opportunity for teens to serve in ministry, but to start to create a sense of unity between the youth of Calvary and the youth members in nearby churches. Now, Calvary, here are your announcements. The Board of Deacons will meet this afternoon at 3 p.m. in the choir room. The 40 days of prayer continues each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. and 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Just a reminder to parents that Sunbeam's new practice time is 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. on Saturdays. The mini churches will meet this Wednesday, October 24th. Confirm your time and venue with your leader. The Family Life Sunday School class has begun a new study on the Epistle of James. Classes in this series continue each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Attention! Everyone who has an alarm code and keys for the exterior doors of the church buildings are asked to come into the church office on or before Wednesday, October 24th for an informational update on procedures. For those who receive mail through CBC, you can now collect it from the cupboard located in the north foyer. We're still collecting your updated information and photos for our 2012 church directory. Photo sessions continue in the nursery on Sundays from 10.30 to 10.55 you can also bring in a, or email a good close-up facial photo. Don't miss the fish fry takeaway coming Saturday, November 10th. There will be fried fish, peas and rice, coleslaw, and macaroni. Desserts and beverages will also be on sale. Tickets are $10, and all proceeds go to the Christian Counseling Center. Ignition goes to the movies this Friday, October 26th. Parents, please drop off your teams at Galleria Cinemas at the Mall at Marathon with money for ticket and any concession purchases by 8 p.m. Pickup time is 10.15 p.m. at the front exit of Galleria Cinemas. The lock-in is scheduled for November 30th to December 1st. The deadline to sign up is November 18th. Forms are inside the door folder of Pastor Mitchell's office. Here's a sneak peek of what IGTV is about. Hey, Calvary, I'm Chris, and I do the E-rating segment of IGTV. The E-rating is where we rate the latest movies in theaters. E stands for edify, and we want to make sure your teens can make a good, informed decision when they visit the theater. A show will usually consist of yours truly picking a movie in theaters and giving a basic rundown of what it's about without spoilers. 
Then I will break down the positives and the negatives and give a conclusion and a final grade ranging from A to F. Special attention is given to profanity, nudity, and spiritual content. At the end of each show, I will also recommend an A-grade movie, such as Fireproof or Courageous or one of those. So that's the E-rating. Thanks for watching. Till next time. Hey, everybody. I'm Thaddeus, and this is No Excuse Music. Well, No Excuse Music is just us coming to you, bringing you the latest in Christian music. And with all the other music out there, you really have no excuse not to listen to Christian music. So that's what we're all about. We're bringing you reviews on songs, albums, and upcoming tour dates and stuff like that. So stay posted, like the Facebook page, and stay tuned to IGTV. We hope you enjoyed this preview of IGTV. Have a great morning and a great service, CBC. God bless. Up again for our our students for Ignition TV. It's just amazing to just see how not only just the the local body here and the local body ministry, uh, the Media Corp, have just progressed and continues to grow. And and, and the fact that you know our students have a uh, another outlet uh, to participate in. And so, uh, just real encouragement to you guys, and for you to continue to. I'm progressing that. Just want to welcome you this morning to our youth service. And by now, you probably figure that out. You know, we try to sneak it by you a little bit. Um, but welcome to our youth service. And we pray and hope that you will certainly be blessed uh, through our praise and worship time, through our testimonies, uh, testimonial time as well, and, and through the word. And what I want to do right now and I know it's early in the service, but if there's, I know we have a special group, but before I get to them, is there anyone visiting for the first time here at Calvary? If you, and if, you, if you're brave, you will raise your hand. Okay, we have, a, we have a list coming. Sweet. Thank you. Okay, we have a Tim and... Mindy Seal? Seely. All right. Where can you just show your hands? Just all right. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning. And as you I'm sure you know that I'm not Pastor Lee, so he's he's not this tall. You know, and that's you know. So all right. But thank you, thank you again. And is there anyone else before I address the special group in front of us who, who may be visiting for the first time? Anyone balcony? No? So most of you are second timers. Okay, so thank you all, second and third timers, for coming out. And we do have a very special group here, uh, a group of, uh, of young boys from the Mason's Edition community. And, and if you all can just stand. I mean, boys and girls, I, I see, sorry. Can you all just stand? All right, thank you. Thank you so much. You can have a seat. Thank you. 
All right, and these, these are um, the young kids that Delano and, and his wife, Marcia, have been working with. And, and so you can continue to uh, pray for Delano and, and Marcia as they continue to uh, minister and reach out um, to, to these young people in our community. That will be uh, wonderful. You'll be okay. Okay. All right, so now let's, uh, let's open in prayer, and then after that, we'll have a, a highlight video of Camp Bahamas this past summer. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this morning, and indeed, thank you for uh, this new day, and we know that your mercies are made new each day, and, and, and we would not be able to live um, a, a fruitful, sustained life without your, your mercies and your grace. And so we thank you, Lord, that... Uh, for a time such as this, we're able to come together uh, corporately and, and able to praise and worship you and, uh, as the, the Lord of our salvation, um, the God who is worthy uh, of all our praise. And so we pray Lord, that you have a blessing uh, over this, this service. Ultimately, we pray that your name would be glorified as uh, your word ministers to us today. And it's your name we pray. Amen.
I came back because of how much fun I had and how much closer I felt with God after I went. So I suggest everyone comes to Camp Bahamas because you really get a better relationship with God and you have you meet a lot of new Christian friends and it's really awesome. I just love the people here and the counselors are amazing. They're just like the whole week they're there and just encouraging you. They just they're pouring out their love on you. Because your counselors they really they try hard to get to know you better so they can help you have a better relationship with God. It's really making the Bahamian youth become better people, like they're growing up to be better people. They're all becoming good Christian men and women and it's making us all great. I think it is helping Nassau and all the Bahamas. When they come to camp, they have stuff to occupy their time, like team competitions and, and divorce, like devotions, and a night rally, that's when we learn about integrity and the arm of God. Whoever comes to camp, like every single person that comes to camp, comes back a different person. Even if they don't like show it immediately, there's something inside them that changes. And I guess like they realize that God is real. I will take on the Arthim, Hebrews 10 to 39, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve our souls. Did you did you notice the 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 covered uh, auditorium multi-purpose auditorium? Isn't it isn't it coming along nicely? That's the first time I've seen that. Uh, and so 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 keep praying for Camp Bahamas. Uh, keep praying how God will uh, spur you on to 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 give financially towards that great ministry that we have here in Nassau Bahamas. And I guess it's doing a great work year-round, and keep praying certainly for the Aubrey family as well, that um, the Lord will strengthen them uh, to continue uh, in, that, in that good work that he has uh, given them to do. So keep praying for Camp Bahamas and the teens that go there, that their lives will certainly continually be transformed for the kingdom of God. There's one thing I wanted to announce, and I forgot, but I wrote it down, because, uh, you know, I'm getting up there, you know, and so... But what I wanted to announce was junior church will stay in. So, um, and so parents, I don't know if you, if you had sent them off already, but if they're here, they can stay here and, and, and enjoy uh, the, the youth service. Now, if you can uh, just pause with me as we pray for the offering. And the students who, who will be taking up the offering... Uh, this will be the time for you to uh, gather inside the foyer so that you can get the offering bikes ready. So, and then, of course, Hypostatic Union is going to bless us uh, uh, with a, a special offertory during this time. So let's pray. Father, thank you again for all the things that you abundantly uh, provide for us. Uh, just the, the simple thing of the air that we have to breathe, the uh, a roof over our heads, clothing on our bodies, uh, food to eat. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And now as we give back to you, we certainly pray, Lord, that you would indeed bless uh, the funds that are received uh, so that they may continue to uh, further your good, great work here for your kingdom. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.
All right, as the uh, remaining offering is being taken up, I'll just use this time just to introduce this video that we're going to see. And this is really all a part of uh, a call to worship experience that we want you to really uh, take part in as we lead into our praise and worship time. And the video, the video is just under uh, 15 minutes. And, but I don't, I don't want you to get lost in that time frame. Uh, but it's a video on a whole mashup, and a mashup is just a, a blending of different musical pieces. And, and so, but the video will explain that. But I just want us to prepare our, prepare our hearts, prepare our minds uh, for a period of worship as we go through this call to worship experience. And, and hopefully, you know, don't, don't get too lost in the, uh, some of the, the scientific things that starts off at the beginning, uh, but it just leads really all to the purpose that all creation has been created for, which is to praise and bring glory to God. And so let's view uh, this video. And, and like I say, let it just be a, a moment as you prepare uh, to, to worship the Lord. show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar, and it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. It simply means this star exploded into a supernova, and in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity and as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And that doesn't seem to move anybody tonight, so I just encourage you to you get back to the hotel to oscillate 11 times a second on your axis, and you will appreciate the Vela pulsar in a different way. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. And so not only do we have this amazing photograph, but we're determined to hear somebody speaking to us. And so through SETI and other highly advanced um, electromagnetic telescope programs, we're listening to the universe day and night. And I don't know if you know this or not, but when I say we, I mean we as in your tax dollars are paying large sums of money to build radio telescopes that circle the earth to continually listen to see if anybody out there is speaking to us. To date, we have not heard any intelligent life speaking back to us, but we have gotten something for our money because when they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. about you but I that blew me away I'm thinking wow this is incredible you're like well what does it mean I don't know is that some kind of Morse code for something or what 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 does all that mean I don't know what it means but and I don't want to you know go too crazy here but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148 verse 3 and says it says praise him sun and moon and all you shining stars we're shining star we should praise him well how are we going to praise him I know let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of 
of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. It's about um, 16,700 light years away from where we are. And you can see just this brilliant, it looks like a sort of he shoved a lot of diamonds together into a pile. It's an um, unbelievable number of stars there. Look at these. They blow up that central place right there. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. 23 millisecond pulsars are there, and we've recorded 16 of them. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. God has his own string section. He's that beautiful. And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down at verse 7. It says, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. Fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all people. So now he's bringing us in. We've got the heavens. We have the hosts. We have the stars, the sun, the moon. And now he says to the earth, and he names everything on the earth in some form or fashion. And then he brings in us, kings of the earth, verse 11, and all people, princes, and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. I love that he starts with you great sea creatures. We were in Hawaii a few months ago and it was whale season there and, and I was captivated by these giant beasts and they, they seemed like they were putting on a show for us. They'd splash up and roll over and spout and blow and it was beautiful and as we were talking to some of the natives about the whales and asking all these questions, how do they get here every year and how do they know to come to the same place to have their, their young, their offspring and how do they know how to journey and he said, oh, you know, the whales, one of the main ways they get around is through the whale songs that they sing. And I got Psalm 148 all inside of me, and I'm like, no kidding, I, 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 I'm sure they do. 
And so I got to figure out what the whales sing. And so I start doing a little research and I go online to find the whale songs. And I just want to bring it to you because some of you living in Minnesota and don't even know where an ocean is. And so the, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. That's, that's, what, that's what's happening in all creation. And I had this crazy idea, and I, I, um, I don't know if you know what a mashup is or not, but I had this crazy mashup idea. And I started trying to think, what would it be like to be God? Because we so elevate our, our songs. And that, this is no comment on, on what we've sung tonight. I'm a songwriter, and I believe in artists, and I, I believe in what we do in corporate worship through song and through music, and, and one of the expressions of our worship. But I don't think we have a clue, because we don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs, because He is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program. And, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. I, I brought this guy in. Um, he's um, not somebody that... That we had uh, going already, but um, I brought one guy in. He, he should, you should be hearing him by now. I don't know. Are we, are we on? Yeah, if we could get just a little more volume, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Just even a little more volume would be fantastic. Thank you. I'm kind of maxed out here. There we go. This guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSR BO329-54. And he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? Now this is unedited. It's just pulsars slowed down and put in sync with each other. It's not a real groovy crowd, I know, but I, I know where I am, but it's kind of groovy if you hear it. And some of you want to nod a little bit, but you don't know if that's allowed at a reform meeting, and so um, you just do as the spirit leads. But isn't that cool? That's just two pulsars. And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there. The ones you just heard, here they come.
same whales that you just saw, undoctored and unedited. Here they come. really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing exactly the stars and the whales are singing, right? And we can debate how well, you know, did they edit it, whatever, you know, that's, that's really, really not essential, right? You read Psalm 148 as hypostatic uh, comes to the leaders in, in praise and worship, and I'll read it for you, and I want you to listen uh, uh, to, the, to the words and and this is it, Psalms 148. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. 
Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. And he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the heaven, from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds. Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise all his saints. For the people of Israel who are near to him, praise the Lord. And that key thing there, people of Israel who, who are near to him. And we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and we see the plan of God beforehand that he worked through his son, his death and resurrection. So us Gentiles who were once far away can be brought near to God. We can join in with all creation. As the last statement says, praise the Lord. So let's do that today as hypostatic leaders and praise and worship.
to think that the God of all the universe would humble himself to come down to our level just to save us? Doesn't that speak of his great love? And because of that great love, it makes you just want him, be, want him to become ruler of your life. So the next song we're going to sing together is Be the Center, and I want you to truly focus on the greatness of God and how he came to us to save us, just to save us. So let's truly make him the center of our lives this morning. sing together is truly a worship song and it's talking about all of creation 
It's talking, first of all, it's talking about the verse in Revelation where it talks about all the creatures joining around the throne of God, screaming, holy, holy, holy. And as we saw in the video, God has the whole universe for him to praise him. And we're just a fraction, a small fraction of that. So if we would just join in all creation and worship him with all of our being and just talk about his great and majesty and talk about how holy he is and glorify his name as much as we can. So let's sing Revelation song together. And as we sing, I just want you to think about God and get out of yourself. Think about only him because he truly is worthy of all of our praise. So let's give him the worship this morning.
were singing, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is to come. If we, if we may maintain this, this heart of worship, and just for, even if it's just for the next two minutes where you're seated, if you can just offer up just quick sentence words of praise to God, and simply starting off with saying, I praise you, God, because. And, and so let's complete that sentence as we uh, together again, you know, just end this time of praise and worship with just our personal uh, praises to him. Uh, for whatever he has done in your life. So, uh, however, you know, how the Spirit leads, uh, let's just offer up sentence praises to God, starting off with, I praise you because, or however you want, I love you because, I worship you because, and, and you fill in that blank. And then I'll close this, this time out in the word of prayer.
Thank you, Lord, for your protection. Father, we can sing and say praises to your name endlessly. Uh, there won't be enough time, there won't be enough paper, there won't be enough writing utensils for us to adequately uh, and completely express our gratitude to you. Uh, indeed, the, the God of the universe coming down to his creation to redeem us back to you. Uh, we who had no intention of turning to you and, and your great love demonstrated towards us. And so we certainly echo the psalmist and his saying, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his mighty deeds, praise him according to his excellent greatness. So Father, we thank you and we praise you and our hearts desire is that we will live a life live lives that daily uh, sing praises to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Now we're going to have two testimonies from, from Donna and, and Thaddeus. And basically, they're just going to share their testimony of how uh, the youth ministry here at Calvary Bible Church uh, have impacted their lives. And, and, and so, so we're just going to give it up to them. I'll have Donna come up first. I know, it's like, you're, you're, you're just trying to be gentleman-like, you know. Okay, so there you go. Okay, so when Pastor Mitchell asked me to do this, I was a bit hesitant. I was like, uh, what could I say? What should I do? But then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give in, and I'm going to pray. And I think simple things like that, like praying and worshiping God constantly, I think it, it was because of the youth ministry here. Um, as I was 
some of y'all may remember, I would like walk to junior church and Sunday school and I'd be happy and smiling and I would have the receptive heart and little did I know that it would impact me so much, like it would have so much influence on my life. Um, but it wasn't until I started youth group that I really understood what God was doing with my life. And when I went to Camp Bahamas, I felt like my praises became more personal. It wasn't mechanical. It wasn't the, you know, thank you, Lord. It was more of like, God, I praise you so much. I thank you. I can't live without you. And it, I feel like that's such an impact in my life that I wouldn't be of the world anymore, that I'd be more trying to get my friends away from it. And I don't think I would be here without it. I feel like the youth ministry has saved my life in a way because I feel that it allowed me to know that in order for me to live this life, that I need Jesus to be the center of it. So I feel like that is how it impacted my life. Good morning, church. Well, uh, well, how the youth ministry has impacted my life. Um, well, I was first introduced to the youth ministry about when I was... 10 years old, because my mom decided that she used, to take, she used to go to discovery classes, her and my dad, and I should just go and tag along and then hang around in the nursery or whatever, right? And so her mom decided that TJ is wasting his time, so Terrence, why don't you take TJ? Because he's not doing anything right now, so just take him. And so I was introduced into the teens um, discovery class, and from there, I really got a passion for studying the Word of God, because... It just was amazing to know that all God has to say to us is in his word. And just studying it and learning more and more of how we should live, it just really helped me to, I guess you could say, think more um, in the core to what he, what he would say to us in his word. And I just really grew a lot from that, within the word that is. But it wasn't until, similar to what Donna said, I went to Camp Bahamas, my first year at Camp Bahamas, I think it was in 2005, I really thought about all the stuff I learned in Bible study and all the stuff I learned with the Word, it really meant nothing unless I did it with love and I truly was doing it for the glory of God. And so then, I, that's the year I rededicated my life to Christ and really focused on not just doing things because He asked us to and because it would be good to do so, but really doing it because of love for Him. So from then on, I was involved in various ministries in Calvary, like the drama ministry and the uh, Living Stones, but through that experience, it helped me to really focus on the real meaning of worship and what it is to serve Him. So from then, I've just been um, in His ministry as much as possible, just serving Him and doing it out of love for Him. And to parents, I would encourage you uh, as much as possible to let your children get involved in ministry as much as possible because it truly is a life-changing experience just being able to live out what you read in the word and make your faith real and truly live for what for God for God so that's basically all i have to say about that and thank you thank you donna and thaddeus and and as you all know there've there've been teens well they're probably young adults now and and some have even you know older than that and have kids and so you know what rich uh, history we have here at Calvary Bible Church in our youth department. And so we 
covered your prayers and your continued prayers and, 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 and just praying for, uh, for the teens, for the, for the, for the leaders, you know, Sunday school teachers, uh, as you do ignition on Friday nights, you know, it's a whole collective uh, um, purpose and agenda to minister to the children, uh, the youth, the students of our congregation for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. So right now we're going to have a special by Ethan, and, and following Ethan, uh, we'll have a, another testimony from, from Sierra Albury, giving us a, a little update on, a little missions update. So. Morning.
Thank you very much, Ethan. Um, and now we're going to have Sierra. Sierra's going to come up and give us a mission update and, and overview of, of what God has been doing in her life and, and where he is directing her next. Good morning. For all of you who don't know me, I'm Richard and Andrea's daughter. They run Camp Bahamas for the video that you saw earlier. And if you don't know them, my grandparents are David and Jeannie Aubrey. I like to call them the lovebirds. They're so cute. Um, so anyway, before I start, I would like to just share a verse with you. Um, it's a verse that everyone knows. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18. All author- and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, te- teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I thought that was neat, the song before, because it said you were there when obedience doesn't even make sense. And I think that is key. And this verse is just such a beautiful verse, even for me in my own life, because 
I've been able to really see what the words go and make disciples look like through my parents. And, uh, you know, just hearing all the testimonies and seeing what God has done in their lives has just been um, so moving. Um, I could even start crying right now just because I can see what God has done. And um, my dad was a youth pastor in Tennessee when God called him to come back to his home and start Camp Bahamas. And I know that, you know, at first that might not have made sense. And he was like, he was happy in Tennessee, you know, and they love their ministry, but God called him to that. And he was obedient in that. And we can see what God has done through him and through all the youth in the Bahamas. And um, so I've been able to see the ins and outs of ministry, the hard times, the time when, you know, we were being persecuted and for starting Camp Bahamas from atheists. You know, we had times where you didn't know if you would have support for that month. And um, so it's just been so amazing to see God's hand and how big he is. He's such a big God, and he's done something huge with Camp Bahamas. And, um, you know, I think about just what he's done in my own life. And my first missions trip was actually here with Calvary. I went to Honduras, and that was right after I got saved. So I was so excited to actually be going. And um, I remember just standing in Tegucigalpa in a building looking over and just being like, oh my gosh, I'm so small, yet God is using me. And I knew that there was nothing else in my life that I could see myself doing but full-time ministry. I couldn't think of any greater joy. And um, God has been using that trip in my life ever since. So if you haven't gone on a missions trip, I encourage you to go. And um, after that, I went to Word of Life um, in New York, which is very cold. Um, so that was a huge change. I didn't know what the word Under Armour was or anything like that. So um, God really used that year to just grow me up in his word. And from there, um, I went to Patmos, which actually was here in Nassau. It was a reality discipleship school. And that was an amazing short period of time. And from there to Liberty. And I spent four years there and um, majored in inter- intercultural studies, uh, which is missions. They changed it to global studies. But the most impacting time of those four years was my missions trip to Ethiopia. Um, I went there for two weeks, and I worked with an orphanage there and also a Muslim ministry. And um, in my classes, I was learning about Islam and, and, you know, learning how to better share the gospel. So to be able to go and actually, you know, do what I was learning was amazing. But the people there just impacted me greatly. And um, the Christians there, I could really just see um, Jesus in them in such a tangible way that it was life-changing. I came back from that trip with a fire, and I knew when I said goodbye that that wasn't the end of my time in Africa. And um, God is through that. You know, he's opened some doors, closed some doors. But one thing I've learned that God's will never changes, but his direction might And, um, you know, the safest place to be is in God's will. And um, he's brought me to this moment. And um, I graduated from Liberty in December. And, well, I finished Liberty in December, graduated in May. And I had an internship to complete. And it was supposed to be 18 weeks. But I met a girl named Mandy through this time, the past few months, actually. And she actually started an orphanage in South Africa in 2007, so it's fairly recently. It all started with, like I said, this verse. She saw a need, and she listened, and she was obedient. Um, there were so many abandoned kids everywhere, um, and abandoned, orphaned, HIV, 
and she saw the need and she said, you know what, I'm going to do something. And she started a ministry there, which started as surfing project because there's a lot of, it's a beach town, so everyone, you know, wants to surf, but a lot of kids didn't know how to swim. So it started as something as small, teaching them how to swim, but it's turned into teaching them to read because a lot of the kids are uneducated. And um, so it all started with God using this one girl, one girl, and she opened up this orphanage, and it's grown. She has one in Cape Town and one in Francis Bay. I'll be going to the one in Francis Bay. There's 90 kids in this orphanage, and um, they're abandoned, like I said. We're still getting more. They're ages 1 to 7. And she had, it's a multifaceted ministry where it's not only we have the orphanage, but we have projects we do in the community um, with Muslims, and we have women's ministry, community outreaches. We have a sports ministry. I think it's funny that God keeps putting sports in my life because I'm very unathletic. And, you know, it's ironic that my parents run a Christian sports camp. And, you know, I'm going to Africa to do some soccer and surfing, which I've never surfed in my life. So that'll be humbling. But the meaning of this trip and the goal is to share the gospel, see changed lives. And it's not just an internship for me. Even though I'm going six months, it's um, the calling I feel God has in my life. And, you know, I don't know where it's going to lead and if I'll be there long term or if I'll be back here after that time. But I'm excited to see what God has for me. And if you'd like to, um, you know, either support me financially or prayerfully, um, let me know. And I have a Facebook group. If you don't have Facebook, I also am sending out newsletters. And I also have a blog. So I'd love to keep you updated on this journey. And if you have any questions, let me know. And um, just be praying for these kids and um, just for me as I prepare because I'm going to be leaving January 10th. So it's right around the corner, and it's really cool how God's provided so far um, in making this happen. All right. Thank you. Before, before Sierra leaves, if I can, if I can call on Pastor Willie to just to come up and uh, and pray for her uh, and for us to uh, just pray together uh, for her and as God is leading her uh, uh, in this new season of her life. And so if we can uh, Pastor Lee, um, Pastor Lee, I'm sorry, again. So, so Pastor Willie can pray for her. And if we can just stand together uh, as we join in with the prayer for Sierra. Our Father, you are indeed an awesome God. We, we thank you for what you are doing in the lives of our young people as a whole. We thank you for what you are doing in Sierra's life. We thank you for her obedience to you. Our Lord, we ask that you will go before her, that you will prepare the hearts of those she will be ministering to, that you will prepare the geography, the places that she will be involved with, that you will keep her safe that you will guard her heart, that you will guard her person, that you will endure her with your Holy Spirit in a very special way so that she will know your mind and what she is to do and say for you. It is clear that she is committed to you. Now, Lord, we ask not only the blessing on her life, but also for the provisions for her as well. Lord, we pray that we can be a part of that as well, not only through our prayers, but through our financial giving. And we commit her to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you.
Right now we're going to uh, pray for some, some prayer matters that we, that we normally uh, bring before the Lord. And I think, I don't know, I think they're, they're on the screen too as well. I, they are? Okay. So this is what we'll do. There's, there are a couple prayer, I shouldn't say a couple, there are a few prayer requests uh, that's not on the screen. But I want to read those so that you can at least hear uh, these names. Um, because what I would like for us to do is to, uh, I'll just mention a few and I want you to, as you view the screen, uh, as the Lord leads, uh, for you to, uh, you know, select a, a prayer request or the prayer request that you, that you view and pray uh, for them uh, amongst yourselves. So even if you can just turn to, you, to your neighbor or, or, or little groups type thing within your pews and pray together, um, that would be wonderful. But here are some names that are most likely not on that screen. And these are... Uh, folks who uh, are suffering some, from some form of illness. And it's Michael Minnis, Eileen Davil, Gloria Bethel, and Dawn Kodash. Uh, keep them in prayer as they're not feeling well. And, and another one that may not be there is also Muriel's dad. Uh, he's been flown out to Fort Lauderdale to get his eye checked. Uh, he... Uh, I think this is probably one of the last measures to uh, hopefully, um, hopefully help him with the, the, the loss of uh, or the losing of his vision. So they're going to run some tests. Uh, there's a procedure where they're going to inject something into his eyes. And so, so make sure to keep, uh, keep Muriel's dad uh, in prayer for that. And then some, prayer, some praise martyrs. Uh, Winzok Sawyer and Carol Sawyer, uh, those are Pastor Jerry's brothers. Um, both are out of hospital and back home, so that's very good news. So continue to pray for uh, their recovery. And then Isaac Bastian, that's Dave and Anne's Russell grandson. Uh, uh, he's back home and improving as well. And then of course, as we know, and if you read some of the emails, you know, Sister Violet Reach is still hospitalized. And, and uh, so let's continue to pray that Eventually, uh, she'll be let off the, um, the, the machine that's, you know, giving her 100% um, oxygen and whatnot. So just let's continue to pray for her and, and pray for the family as well as they minister uh, to her. And so you've, I'm sure by now you've, you've seen some names, um, some prayer requests as well. Uh, continue to, to view that. and It will go into those who, need, who are being treated for cancer and the shut-ins as well. And what I would like for you to do at this time as you view it, to, you know, just your neighbor right next to you or a person directly behind you, we can just uh, have a few minutes of just corporate prayer together, and, and then we will uh, move on to our another segment of worship.
Father, thank you uh, uh, for the power of prayer. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you welcome our prayers. And, and in fact, through your word, you teach us to uh, pray continuously. And, and so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are indeed a Father who cares deeply uh, about our concerns and about our needs. And you welcome us uh, to constantly come before your throne uh, to find grace and to find help uh, when we need it. And so we give you praise and thanks and we, we trust and know uh, as your character is displayed and has been proven to be faithful and more than capable of answering each prayer according to your perfect will. And so we confidently rest them in your hands and pray, Lord, that you would uh, intercede in a very miraculous way. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Where do you meet? Hey, I don't meet there all the time. It's that church on 5th, Calvary Bible, you know. We meet there every Friday. And you call this group? Ignition. It's a Calvary Bible church. We meet every Friday. Every Friday? Yeah, every Friday, unless there's something special happening. We also have other activities, too. Yeah? Like what? Like Wednesday night Bible study, we call it SLAM, and seasonal parties and small group activities. So. What do you do with these meetings? Man, we play games and drink soda. Sometimes we eat pizza or Chinese. So you just sit around drinking soda and playing games? I don't believe you. What's the point? I don't know. It's just a place to hang out. So, do you do a lot of Bible study? Yeah, that's the main focus. Okay, so tell me, what's another focus? Growing together, making friends, forming a community. You just hang out? Yeah. That's it. I don't believe you. Tell me the truth. That is the truth. We don't do anything important. So you all also do special things like during the summer, right? Yeah, like a few summers ago, we went to Honduras and helped build a school and do VBS for the local church there. To Honduras? You had to go all the way to Honduras to find someone to help? Yeah. We do things for people around here, too. Windows and helping out with care kitchen. That's the ministry that gives breakfast to people in the community two Saturdays a month. So, who's the leader for this? Well, Mitch is in charge. Sometimes he organizes games and brings soda. So, Mitch is like a model. He just brings soda? Come on, you can do better than that. Tell me the truth. That, or, um, 
Nothing. Nothing. What does he really make you do? Well, okay. Sometimes he makes us play really stupid games like dodgeball and ninja, but nothing important. You know, we have a friend of yours in the other room. She seems to be giving us a different version of the story. I don't have any more to say. I don't know what she's telling you, but I didn't do anything. We just hang out. You know, your friend next door, that's not what he says. He says that all you guys do at Ignition is drink soda and play games. Really? That's odd. He was even in Bible study last week. You saw him there? Yeah, we prayed together. We love to pray. Last chance. All right, so you're telling me the purpose of Ignition is for you all to study the Bible and grow together in service. Yeah, we grow as Christ builds us up. You know what? This is all very interesting. And I see what's happening here. Thank you so much, Mommy, for your time. All we do at Ignition is drink soda and play dumb games. That's all we do. Just to set the record straight, that's all we do. No, that's certainly uh, an aspect of, of, of Ignition. And, and with the philosophy of Calvary Bible Student Ministries, we certainly want the environment to be one that's inviting, um, fun, and exciting. And so we do, on occasion, have meals, and we do play games as well. And, um, but of course, the core focus is to ignite teens so that they will ignite other teens for the glory of God. Amen? And so, and so with biblical teaching and, 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 and avenues of discipleship with our small groups, um, that's our purpose, and that is our aim. So thank you guys so much for uh, illustrating that. And so let's pray. And, and before we get into the word, Father, again, thank you for this time. And I just pray, Lord, that your word will go forth clearly, uh, that uh, our hearts will be challenged by it, and, and that you would indeed uh, uh, equip us to apply it to our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to try to go through this as quickly as I can so that we can meet our lunch appointments on time. Okay? So. So the title that most of you probably read inside the uh, bulletin has Train Up a Child. And I'm going to look at three verses, well, three scripture references, all in Proverbs. So we'll be in Proverbs. And, and I'm going to read uh, the verses to you, and then we'll look at them uh, individually as we uh, move forward. And they'll be on the screen as, as we go through it. And the first one that you see is from the NAS, uh, uh, and, it, and it reads, and, and I encourage you to follow along with your Bibles or your tablets, you know, or your touchscreen devices. Uh, feel free to do that uh, as it's on the screen as well. Proverbs 23, 13, 14 says, Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue 
his soul from Sheol. Now I'm going to read the New Living Translation. It's not on the screen, but just listen to it. I just like the, the, the conveyance of, of its uh, translation. And it says, don't fail to discipline your children. They won't die if you spank them, okay? Although they may be like, you're killing me, you know? No, it's not, right? Physical discipline may well save them from death, all right? And the other scripture verse we're going to look at, and it'll be on the screen, uh, Proverbs 29, 15. This is the NAS version. It says, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Now, here's the New Living Translation. Uh, it says, to discipline a child produces wisdom, uh, but a mother is disgraced by an uh, undisciplined child. And I'm sure, you know, not just the mother, the father, the family as well as a whole. And the last one we're going to look at, which is where the title of uh, this message is taken from, is Proverbs 22.6, and we're all very familiar with it. And it says, again, the NAS is on the screen, train up a child in the way he or she should go. Even when he or she is old, he will not depart from it. And listen to the New Living Translation conveyance. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. We're living in a society today, and, and, and you all are fully aware of it, where wholesome parenting has been formulated down uh, to mostly high praises, outlet entertainment, and minimum instruction. And that's not an indictment to all parents, just because uh, particularly here in this assembly, I believe we have a, a great uh, uh, group of parents who purpose to instruct their children in the Lord. And so, and so this message for you would simply be a, a source of encouragement to continue. And, and then for those who, who are not parents, I don't want you to check out either and be like, oh, this is not for me. Uh, someday you may become a parent, or you may be in a position where you can potentially give, you know, some counsel. And, and so make sure, you know, that you open your hearts to, to the Word of God and, and see what you can uh, receive. And then for the students, the kids who are here, don't think, oh, this is for mommy and daddy, you know, this is not for me. This has a big part uh, uh, for you uh, to see how you need to respond in obedience to your parents' instruction. Now, you all know today we have an abundance, right, of apps, right, app programs today, right, apps everywhere. Uh, if you want to lose weight, there's a weight loss app for that. If you want to buy a Mother's Day flowers, there's an app for that as well. There are game apps, map apps, dinner apps. There are actually even apps for apps, right? So, you know, we, there's a lot of apps uh, today. And so, so where's the app for parenting, right? I mean, that would be a diamond mine if there was such an app to help those who are parents and then also to help those who will be future parents of, you know, how to parent, right? How to parent in a way that's wholesome, how to parent in a way that uh, uh, projects uh, our, our kids and future kids uh, to Christ. But you know what? There is an app. There is an app for parenting. And, and listen, to, listen to the definition of app, which of course is an abbreviation for application in the sense of the computer software uh, uh, realm. It says, and this is from Oxford American Dictionary says, computing app, computing a program or piece of software designed and written 
to fulfill a particular purpose of the user. And if any of you are like me, I'll read it again, all right? Because I just went, all right? So the definition that I have it up, computing a program or a piece of software designed and written to fulfill a particular purpose of the user. So I ask you, what kind of operating information uh, we have that's written specifically for parenting one's offspring? The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stop. Okay, I'll stop right there. That's why I'm not in the choir or in the praise thing. All right? So, yes, you know, if you're thinking, or like someone said, the Bible, the Bible is indeed uh, uh, the material, the, the app, if we were to play on words, that's there for current parents and future parents and given direction of how we are to uh, successfully um, parent our children. But seriously, though, right, parenting is an arduous responsibility, right? Now, I know I can't give, you know, I can't opine or give any expert opinion on parenting, you know, because I've yet to be a parent yet, you know. But one day, you know, you may have six or seven, right, Jen? Jen's like, no. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. We, we mess around like that all the time. All the time. All the time. Uh, my sister has nine, so there's no, you know, I mean, so we don't, no, no, we're not going to catch them. There's no way we catch them up. No way. All right? Uh, however, <clears throat> however, this right here, would you have in your hands, would you have turned to on your electronic device, uh, the Bible, the inspired, the breathed-out Word of God, as we're taught in 2 Timothy 3.6, says that it's uh, profitable, right? Profitable for teaching, reproach, correction, and training in righteousness. Uh, so this is our divine instruction. So, so don't think I'm saying anything from my opinion. I'm just going to uh, attempt to uh, communicate the Word of God. And so let's look at the first uh, reference, Proverbs 23, verses 13 through 14. And we're just going to look at verse 13 uh, real quick, firstly. It says again, and I'll read verse 13. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. Now, what is the purpose of discipline? And... And, and I don't want us to, to think that this message is about discipline, or like we call it beating and stuff like that. It's not. We'll see that uh, the word discipline uh, all through the Bible, since we're in the Old Testament, you know, the, the whole Hebrew uh, uh, connotation behind discipline is not solely just the physical punishment, but the entire uh, purpose and, and meaning behind that word is to bring about correction. You know, it's a turning away uh, towards a path or towards a direction uh, that God wants us to be. So it's not all about uh, beating. So parents don't be like, see, pastor said discipline, and, and I'm going to exercise the word of the Lord, okay? So, all right. Uh, so make sure it's a, it's a holistic uh, idea uh, behind, behind this. All right, so, but the de definition, again, from Oxford um, Dictionary says, the practice, discipline, the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct uh, disobedience. 
And we all know, if there's no standard of correction, you know, those who are undisciplined will run amok, right? And we all know this for those who drive on the streets of Nassau, particularly, how, you know, just, you know, an unstructured experience leads to a very joyful drive to your various destinations, right? Okay? So there's definitely a need, a standard of correction that's, that's needed. And if you truly, for parents, and if you truly, and those who are going to be future parents, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to truly love my kid or, 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 the, or the children I have right now, if I truly love them, you will institute some form of, of discipline. And again, the holistic idea as far as correcting and turning them um, um, towards Christ. Because we hear uh, about our Heavenly Father, you know, He disciplines us. And, and although He disciplines us, He doesn't remove His love from us. And as we'll see on Psalm 89, uh, verse 32 to 33, you don't have to turn there, it's up on the screen. Verse 32, it says, Then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity, iniquity with stripes. But look at verse 33. But I will not break off my loving kindness, some of your versions may have mercy, from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. And we have read in Hebrews 12, uh, I'm sure at some point, verse 6, where we're taught that God disciplines those whom he loves. And like I said before, the Hebrew words that are used to for, for discipline, you know, yesar and, and musar, uh, gives, again, the, the connotation of, yes, a physical punishment, you know, chastisement, um, strike, uh, but it's all for the purpose of correction, all for the purpose of, of turning one away from a current direction uh, towards something uh, that they, they should. So it's about correction and instruction. And God is our ultimate model, amen, for, for parenting. And, but I fear sometimes... Um, you know, many parents relinquish this model that God has uh, for current parents and parents-to-be for the more post-modern reality TV show parenting moving. You know, where it's like, I want them to be my friend. I want us to be best buds, high fives. And I think that is wonderful, right? I think that's wonderful. However, and you've heard it, right? You've heard when someone said, you know, I want to give my kids everything I didn't have. Right? You've heard that, right? Uh, no? Okay, right? Okay. Why? Right? Like, look how you've turned out. Right? And it, it, so it sort of cracks me up. And, and like I said, again, you know, I'm not a parent. And I'm sure, you know, you, there's, there's a different level of emotional connection there that, you know, I, I won't experience until we have our six, seven kids. But, you know... I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't, you know, because God has a sense of humor, right? I should. So I'll try not to say that again, my love. Um, right? So I'm, so I'm sure there's a different, you know, level of connection there that, that I don't have. Because, you know, as a parent, I'm sure you, you, you want to give your kids um, everything that they desire. Ultimately, that will be uh, 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 wholesome and profitable for them. Uh, but I feel sometimes, you know, the way that we've been brought up, and I don't know why I, see, I feel like I'm, like, aging myself. But just the way we're involved, sometimes I feel like we neglect that and we go for the more sort of new agey, new trendy type thing and, and, our, and our kids. And as you are, you, you know it. I mean, you've, 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 you've either have ex personal experience or, or you've read in the news. I mean, our kids are constantly bombarded with different worldviews, you know. 
what they hear here and in Sunday school and in, and in different uh, ministries uh, is constantly under attack uh, from the enemy. And so, so we can't at any point let up uh, in our instruction uh, uh, with our kids. And so I so just want to, you know, just encourage you to, you know, not necessarily give in too much to that, that, that new trendy type thing. I think it's wonderful. And, and you'll be amazed because when I look back as I was raised up, I mean, we're strict. You know, uh, shirt always said to be in the pants. Um, my shirt out right now. Right? I'm not under that roof anymore. You can do what I want. No, no, just messing. Right? But, you know, but I was like, I was like, come on, Mom. I was like, why? I mean, it's just, you know, but, but there was a point. There was something that they, they wanted to instruct us on. And, and when I look back, and they're like, oh, okay, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate how if you're going somewhere, um, you know, you, know, you, you want to dress accordingly. Uh, I mean, this is the youth service, so this is, you know, this is how, how the young people say. This is how we roll, you know. So, so I want to make sure to keep it authentic. But, you know, there's things that, you know, as you've been brought up in, and you want to pass those things along to your kids, uh, those are essential. Um, and they won't always get And you know, you're a parent. You guys know. They won't always get it. But trust me, when they get older, they will learn to appreciate uh, your instruction. Verse 14 says, You shall strike him with the rod, or her, and rescue his soul from Sheol. Uh, and again, the, the, you know, the Hebrew word there is nakah, and, and, and that strike gives, uh, you know, again, a you know, physical connotation of hit. Um, but again, it's not about just hitting them, you know. I'm going to crack you. You know, you call that full name before you throw that shoe or whatever you throw, uh, you know. Uh, but it's not, it's not all about that. But I like the, the New Living Translation again, um, and it's, it's not there, so listen to it. It says, physical discipline may well save them from death. And I would just like to add a footnote there of premature death. And I'm sure you've heard stories of how, you know, a kid is just going to a party, maybe in a car with some other friends. They may not know that well. And there's an accident of some sort. And then, you know, they're, you know, either they tragically lose their lives or, or they suffer uh, just a grievous injury, you know, and, 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 and that's what I'm thinking of, uh, of, of verse 14 here. Uh, again, it's all about correction, uh, 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 instruction, you know, it says, you know, the Lord will rescue uh, his soul, uh, uh, save him from death, and, and it's important. So in addition to life preservation, loving discipline and correction brings forth sound education, one that is skillful and has good sense. And this is what we'll see um, when we look at these two Hebrew words before we get into Proverbs 29:15, And the thought here behind this word wisdom um, that will be on the screen shortly, which is uh, shikama, uh, it comes from the primary root, shikam, which means to be skillful, to be wise, to act wisely. And, and so that's the, the, really the heartbeat behind uh, Proverbs 29:15. Where, where it talks about to discipline a child, and this is the New Living Translation, to discipline a child produces wisdom. But a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. And some of your translations may have, you know, the rod and reproof give wisdom. And basically, it was just saying, you know, physical discipline and verbal reprimand produces wisdom in a child. Um, and of course, the implication is the lack thereof produces a spoiled and wise child or children. 
And there, thus, the directory is to bring disgrace to their parents, to their family. Because you've all seen at some point, well, I shouldn't say you all, but some of you have possibly seen when you've been in a food store, wherever here or in the U.S., you know, you go shopping or vacation, and you see this interaction between a mother or parents with their child. And, and, they, and they tell their child to do something, right? They told their child to do something, and the child res, uh, respond is, you know, or, or here, you know, be like, don't touch me, or, you know, don't, you know, and it's like, what? And in your mind, you're like, what did, what did they just let their child say to them, you know? Or like, leave me, you know, over here, you know? Or, or, or they walk away, or they talk back to them, and you're like, man, if I had the gumption, you know, I would just lovingly lay upon them the hands of correction, right? But I don't want to get locked up, and, and I don't want to disturb my, my vacation or my shopping experience. But you see that, and then it, it grieves you, don't, don't it? Right? Like, you, you see it, and it's like, wow. You know, and you know for that parent, it's like, wow, they, they, they must be embarrassed. You know, I mean, there's no way you can't be. Um, but that's where it says here, the discipline a child produces wisdom. And again, and I know I'm going to reiterate this a lot, uh, it's not just physical punishment. It's about instruction. It's about correction. Uh, uh, the heartbeat behind that. And so, and then again, it's about loving discipline. As the fathers model that for us, uh, we too, those who are parents and those who are to be parents, uh, uh, ought to follow as well. And so, so no longer, I think, parents should say, you know, or suggest, hey, I'm going to let our kids find their own way, you know, they'll stumble upon it somehow, um, I'll probably point them in the right direction and let them know, you know, you are their caregiver. Um, those will be future parents, you will be their future caregiver, and, you know, entrusted with a responsibility to direct them towards Christ. And so as we look, and as we wrap up uh, with Proverbs 22, verse 6, It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, this verse has many compelling contentions uh, on, the, you know, on the premise of you know, what exactly does it mean and, and what exactly is its implication. And two of the uh, uh, contentions that I just want to point out, and I'm sure there's more, but we'll just look at these two, is the first which the first portion, which says, train up a child in the way he should go. And one of the contentions there is that, does it refer specifically to treating the child according to their nature? And by that, uh, they mean by their idiosyncrasies, you know, like treating them according to how they learn and, and, and things that works well with them. And albeit, there is some validity to uh, that thought. Uh, but here is another uh, contention where it, uh, and this is more of a straightforward contention where it says it's just what it's saying is that train the child in the way he should go, right? Uh, but I lean more towards this commentary expression where it says train a child in a manner befitting a child, and even as he grows old, he or she, uh, he or she will not turn from it. And the whole idea is this, that the parent, the guardian, should instruct elementary principles of right and wrong early in the child's upbringing. And we all see that, you know, and, and, we, and, and you all do that, you know. You know, a kid reaches for something hot, you're like, no, don't touch that. You know, and you're, stringing, and you're, and you're training them up early 
uh, training them early in things that are right and wrong, and, and that's so, so crucial, particularly today. You know, I've, when I was at, the, when I was at uh, a adventure learning center before coming here, you know, I'd hear stories of sixth graders, uh, the struggles and the things that they go through, um, the, the, the sexual pressures that, that are, that's on them, the things that they have to endure within their community and at school, and that's sixth grade. And I've even heard, even younger than that, grade level, first grade, second grade. I've even had a parent uh, several years ago that came to me and said, you know, they're picking up their child, uh, and they heard this other child said, buy sexy or something like that. And, you know, and, and it's like kindergarten, you know? That's incredible. I mean, that's scary, right? So it's so important for us to ensure that we instill principles that they can understand early in their childhood between right and wrong decisions, and I say mature you know, we uh, uh, should indeed uh, uh, offer up uh, continual instruction uh, that would benefit them in, in their maturity. And so to go back, the way, way gives meaning of path, road, manner. You know, in the original language, that's the connotation there. Uh, it's like a journey, you know, uh, conduct. Um, and even the... The, the root of that word uh, gives, gives the implication of an atra, you know, drawing a bow, you know, and it's, and it's, you want to shoot them towards the direction that you want them to go. And not necessarily where you want them to go, shoot in the direction towards Christ, because you know, ultimately, your heart's desire would be that they would pursue the things of God. And, and so as a parent and as future parents, you know, that needs to be our mindset and the way he or she, our current kids and future kids uh, should go. So when I look at verse 6 of Proverbs 22, I see the first portion. It says, train up a child in the way he should go as a charge to the parents and the guardians. You know, this is your God-given parental task. And then, of course, the second portion uh, is a hopeful implication on behalf of the child. And so students, teens, preteens who are here, cherish your parents, your guardians' instruction. We're going to look at a passage in, in, in Proverbs 2 where we see this, uh, this charge uh, uh, for, for, for the child to take hold of the instructions that they're receiving. So cherish these, you know, don't say, oh, whatever, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. No, your parents are, are purposefully directing you towards Christ. And, and they're not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. There's no perfect upbringing. Cherish your parents, your guardians' instruction. Uh, it's for your, ultimately, it's for your eternal uh, benefit. Proverbs chapter 2 encapsulates um, this idea. And, and I'm going to read it, and you can follow along. It won't be up on the screen. Um, but it's Proverbs 2. Um, and, I'm just, and it says this. <clears throat> my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and, clean, and inclining your heart to an understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as 
for hidden treasures. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of the saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech. Who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness? Who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil? Men, will, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways, so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsake the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For a house sinks down to death and a path to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the path of life. So, and this so connects with the first five verses of why it's so important. Teens, preteens, students here, to treasure of the commandments, to treasure of the instructions that you receive from your parents, uh, uh, to make your ear attentive to wisdom and to incline your heart to understanding so that you would Pursue it like silver. Pursue it like hidden treasure. Verse 20, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inherit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So parents, as I close, future parents to be, Endeavor to instruct your children or your child in the way of the Lord. And students, all the teens, preteens, receive their instruction in obedience and pursue them, purpose to pursue them like hidden treasure so that you may come to fear and know God. That is the end goal. Verse 20, so you will walk in the way and that way is that same way, uh, same word where it talks about in Proverbs 22, 6. So you'll walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of righteousness. Amen? And I just want to, as I close in prayer, I know for a fact that, you know, we, we can pray for our youth and, we, and, and, and if you have a personal uh, uh, story uh, where, you know, your kid or your, your children and, and you've been praying for them and, and they're still doing their own thing and it feels hopeless. Um, but I just want to encourage you to continue. Continue to pray for them. Uh, prayer is a powerful tool that God has given us. And if I can just share this one thing. My mother prayed for my grandmother who has passed at the age of 103. But when she was 102, uh, finally, you know, her heart was softened, and she accepted Jesus as her Lord and Savior. At 102, you know, my mom has been praying for her faithfully, 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 faithfully. We would go and visit her and pray for 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 her. And, and, and lo and behold, would you believe that right after she 
uh, turned 103. Uh, she died shortly after that. So within a period of eight months after she accepted the Lord, uh, uh, she was taken home. So my encouragement is to continue to pray for your children. Continue to pray for them who are doing well, that they will continue in the way that you've directed them. Those who may be straying away, continue to pray that, that the Lord would turn them back uh, uh, to the path that you desire for them to, to go on, which is the path that leads them to Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's stand and for the benediction, and you'll be dismissed. Father, thank you that you are indeed our Heavenly Father who demonstrates uh, uh, the model of, 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 of parenting, uh, the model of love, uh, the model of, of holiness and justice. And I just pray, Lord, that parents who are here, parents who, those who will be future parents, will take heed to your word. Um, pray that you will strengthen them. Uh, it's an arduous task um, that they have. Uh, but it's also a, a glorious opportunity that you've provided for them to impact this generation and future generations for your glory. So, Father, I pray uh, that you would keep us and you would protect us. Uh, I pray that we would be so satisfied in you that you would be so glorified in us. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.